This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, Joe Biden breaks his own agency's COVID rule he expects you to live by. School children are forced out of their own schools because of massive amounts of illegal immigrants. And you'll never guess who's running for Congress again. But spoiler alert, I'm really excited about it. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Friday. So earlier this week, we discussed Dr. Jill Biden contracting COVID-19 despite having received her 345th booster and that she was, thanks to her Lord and Savior Moderna, only experiencing mild symptoms. Now that Dr. Jill has tested negative for the virus that, remember, mirrors symptoms of the common cold, radical leftist influencer and probable low-T patient Harry Sisson tweeted out, First Lady Jill Biden has tested negative for COVID-19. I'm so glad she made a full recovery so quickly. Thank you to the medical professionals who helped and thank you to the vaccine. This is great news. Yes, thanks be to Pfizer and Moderna. We worship at the altar of Big Pharma. Well, following Jill's diagnosis, White House Press Secretary and extraordinary wordsmith Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters that Grandpa Joe would be masking up and strictly following CDC guidance since he had just been with Jill. Watch. President Biden tested negative last night for COVID-19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And he, as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from others indoors and while outside as well. The CDC guidelines recommend a combination of masking, testing, and monitoring for symptoms. The president is doing all of that in, con in close consultation with his physician. And of course, you know the end of this story. Did he actually follow his own rules? Of course not. Here is Joe Biden less than 24 hours after that announcement. Hello, everybody. Let me explain to the press. I've been tested again today. I'm clear across the board. But they keep telling me because this has to be 10 days or something, I got to keep wearing it. But don't tell them I didn't have it on when I walked in. All right. And the press just laughs. Ha 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 ha. It's so funny that the elitists who rule the country set rules for us that they never intend to follow themselves. Ha ha ha. They're pushing to mask our children again in schools and suffocate them over a cold. And Joe Biden can't even follow his own protocol for one day. Ha ha ha. They shut down the entire country and forced you to put a diaper on your face for two years in order to participate in society, only to have the leader of the free world indirectly admit that it's all political theater because masks don't work. Ha ha ha. I don't find it funny. I don't think it's cute to see this old man joke about disregarding the guidance that they try to force us to live by. I don't think it's funny that they're pushing a new vaccine that they'll pressure you to inject yourselves with what will most certainly be outdated by the time it reaches you. And that's, of course, assuming it actually worked, which I think we all know the answer to that. 
I also don't find it funny that my tax dollars, your tax dollars, are going to purchase another 20 million pediatric COVID vaccines to the tune of about $1.8 billion so we can inject children to protect them against a virus that might give them a stuffy nose. Here to discuss this and more, we have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics, and John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Commie. It is just, you know, maybe I'm just in a mood. I just don't particularly find this amusing. I didn't before. I didn't three years ago. I really don't now. Well, I guess that's the part that aggravates me, if anything. Um, it's that we're about to lead into this cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are these, are they really going to do this whole charade thing again? Like, mm-hmm. seriously, are they going to give it a shot? Um, and that says more than anything, even if it's unsuccessful as far as people complying or not complying uh, uh, with whatever rules it is that they state. Just the fact that these leaders have the arrogance to even keep this stuff up. Um, it, it's very telling of how much uh, they respect the American people and how much they, you know, even respect. Uh, I mean, really everybody. I mean, the fact that they're they're still spending billions of dollars, which was news to me, um, on this on these jabs specifically for youngsters who, of course, have basically <laughs> no sort of uh, rea- I won't say no reaction, but it's very very mild in the event that they get any symptoms uh, from the COVID's uh, uh, virus. So. Again, it, it, it is very, very telling. I don't believe, I'll give you some optimism here, Sarah, I don't believe that this stuff is going to work on the American people again. Um, not in masks as far as I've already seen people, even the staunches of the mask wearers, at least from what I've seen on social media, are kind of like, nah, we're not really doing that again. But arrogance does say a lot. Yeah, John. I remember for my entire life, I thought that every fall I would just get a cold. And then I graduated from high school and I stopped being around people all the time and it's quit happening because (laughs) even like when you're in those environments with kids and everyone's sick or whatever, it's like you get like a little, you know, little cough, a little chill, but it's not catastrophic. We certainly didn't have to wear like a mask or anything like that or, you know, have desks spaced apart. But it is offensive, like you mentioned, that Joe Biden can't even follow this even because remember there were clips where they would put it on, walk out and then take it off. I would even take that to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. It's like good leadership means that you're going too. Like I am leading you this way, but I am also going. Mm-hmm. It's not fair for them to set certain standards that, you know, it'd be one thing too if it's like something that's real and then it's like, well, we don't really need to follow it because we're one person, but you're 300 million people, so you should follow it. That's fine. This isn't even real though. So like if we're going to participate in the humiliation ritual, like let's all just do it together. Right. Well, I mean, not to say that the people sitting at this table ever did, but... I, I, I also find it curious, like, he could have just not said anything about it, right? Like, you you realize that you just walked out there. I'm sure right before he, he started his, you know, walking out there, I'm sure someone said, don't forget your mask. And he's holding it in his hand, and then he forgot his mask. And by the time he got up to the podium, he's like, I guess I should say something about this mask. Probably would have been wiser to just shut up about it and maybe someone, you know, people— you could you could bank on the idea that no one would notice or say anything, right? But then but to have him just point it out like ha ha ha, don't tell them. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Similarly to about every other thing that Joe Biden does. Um, so speaking of this mask craze, Eric, you mentioned you don't think that people are going to go along with it this time around. And while I I hope you're right, I want to believe that you're right. Um, Some people we just have no hope for. Oh, yeah, some will, inevitably. Right. One of those people is uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who I guess was at home because she did test positive for COVID, which is mind-boggling to me that people are even getting tested anymore. Um, And so she had COVID, 
was at home, uh, Skyped in from her home, and you'll notice, curiously, what she is wearing all alone in her house. Watch. I just have COVID. <laughs> I just have COVID. I'm still testing positive, oh. apparently. Uh, I have to have a clear test before I can come back. So, you know, I can't wait to get back and hang out. But in, until then, it's me and my mask. And I'm sort of confined <laughs> to my room. Why? You're confined to your room? Does she live with over, other people, I'm guessing? Over a cold? I mean, she doesn't seem like the type of person who would be living with anyone else. But, <laughs> but again, but again, again, uh, like, so you, let's say you, Eric July, get COVID tomorrow. Are you isolating yourself from your wife? No, nah, she wouldn't allow it anyway, so it's not happening. I mean, and vice versa, too. It's like, well, right. That's we're, we're, gonna like get, we're just going to both get it. It's just kind of how it, how it works. Also, like, I, I'm not scared of a cold. Yeah, no, so. we'll, just, we'll, just both, we'll just both get it. Um, you know, I just... Uh, ABC, is that still owned by Disney? Is that on? Does Disney have ABC? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they have uh, ABC. Mm -hmm. So uh, with these whole strikes, who the hell do they have writing? I mean, I guess the view is supposed to be this. Uh, it's live and yeah, yeah whatever. Off uh, the cuff. Yeah, off the, I don't believe that. I don't <laughs> believe that. So, so I was actually surprised that this is even still uh, uh, going on. But I mean, Hollywood dipsticks. I mean, they have no self-awareness. I, I mean, she probably thought this was a fantastic idea. People are going to think I'm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person because I'm staying confined to my house with a freaking uh, diaper on my face in my own house, Skyping in on the show that I'm always on. And they're going to look at me as virtuous um, is probably what she was thinking when she looks like a damn idiot. It shows, too, how untalented these people are when they don't have network access. Like I saw there was a stream that a bunch of these late night comedians did together because I guess they're not taping because of the strike or something. Yeah. And the best that they could put together was literally like a Skype call and they're all like in a big Zoom call together. Like you would think if someone is broadcasting or they're a host that they'd be able to like create a better, you know, setup, maybe a little bit more production value. And the best they could do is just like we're going to FaceTime and we're all going to like go back and forth. And that was like it. Um, so I want to uh, I want to switch gears here before we have to go to break, and I want to. Um, this is really exciting news, you guys. A certain someone has announced today on X, formerly known as Twitter, that she is running for re-election next year. This is the one, the only. Nancy Pelosi, yes, we've all missed her as Speaker of the House. Well, she is trying to come back, baby. She tweeted out, now more than ever, our city needs us to advance San Francisco values and further our recovery. Our country needs America to show the world that our flag is still there with liberty and justice for all. That is why I am running for re-election and respectfully ask for your vote. Nancy. So this will just, by the way, um, be if she wins re-election, uh, she'll be 85 years old when she is in That's her it. No, 20th I, I, I don't term know. I'm in Congress. That, I thought she was for sure older than that. <laughs> so you're, Eric's impressed. He's like, I thought she was 90. It, She's it, only going to be 85. That's about, young. About what a spring chicken yeah, Nancy right? Pelosi will be when it comes to this Congress. Uh, she was first elected to Congress in 1987. I was not alive. <laughs> I also was not alive. And, um, okay, guys. <laughs> All right. Got it. Thanks. Um, 
it is just so wild to me that we are constantly having national conversations about, okay, but how old is too old? We've got Mitch McConnell freezing up, having to reboot. Uh, we've got John Fetterman, who, I mean, he isn't that old, but he clearly isn't with it. You've got Dianne Feinstein, who's being pushed around in a wheelchair, like crying, where am I? I don't know where I am. And then, of course, you've got Joe Biden, who I, I don't think I even need to explain what's going on with him. And it's just so bizarre to me that the woman who can't keep her own teeth in and is constantly walking around seemingly always drunk on vodka is like, you know what? It's my time. Now's my time. I'm coming back. The most hilarious part of that is this whole advanced San Francisco values, uh, considering what the hell state San Francisco is uh, in right now and how it's been even, I mean, Jesus, on a decline like no other in terms of a city. I mean, it, it, it really is like insane how bad that city is right now and she's supposed to, supposedly representing that but yeah she is old as hell uh, old as all get out um she's back crap uh but I, I, she's a criminal uh, as well considering she's basically enriched herself i mean to be fair all of them do yeah. uh, uh considering the position that she is in in congress go look up her net worth it is insane um, and I don't know what it is that she does. What what did she come? I mean, granted, I wouldn't laugh, uh, like I said earlier. But All what, right, Eric, uh, we heard you the just, first time. Just making sure you did. Uh, I almost wasn't. She's hard of hearing these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I had to re- repeat that. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is she does. I, I'm not aware of any, like, uh, she her, her coming in with some sort of talent that uh, would get her some, all, amassing all this wealth. But it does speak to the actual problem with, with Congress in, in general and the fact that, well, she can continue to do nothing or be a bad person in Congress for, what's that, 36 years. Mm. That's insane to think about. I missed the power, John. I, I just missed it. Speaker Pelosi, can you articulate to me a list of what are San Francisco values, please? Mm. And why they need to be especially proliferated now? Because I would, and these are not my beliefs, these are my observations. When I think of San Francisco and their values, I think of being annoying, anal sex, and taking drugs. I've never seen a larger prevalence of that in American culture than I do now. So what is, what is it with this need direly that, that we have right now? Hmm. That's a great question, John. Unfortunately, we have to go to break. But we want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply, because if I do it in the Nancy voice, they're going to be really mad at me. Um, So here's the deal. Uh, Things are not going well. You know, John's talking about what a disaster it is in San Francisco, but really nationwide, there's a lot going on. And I'm just saying I think it's wise. uh, Invest in emergency food. And here's the deal. You, 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 the idea of emergency food is you don't wait until disaster strikes. You don't wait until Biden gets us involved in World War III with Russia and Ukraine. You don't wait until you're like, oh, crap, I need this stuff and I can't go get it now because everything's shut down. The point is to have it ahead of time and be prepared. And My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Here's what you need to do. Go to my website, preparewithnews.com. You'll save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They've got uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and they've got over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength under stress. So stock up before, before panic sets in. Or, I mean, I don't know, you know, trust Joe Biden at the helm of things, but I sure don't. Free shipping is automatic and your order ships fast over at preparewithnews.com. That is preparewithnews.com. 
Yesterday was uh, the first day of school in New York City, and 21,000 students were turned away due to the influx of uh, illegal immigrant children. So um, there was, uh, here's this one, at Newcomers High School in Long Island City, the line to enter stretched around the block on Thursday morning, and teachers were telling the New York Post things like, capacity is an issue, they should have worked this out two days ago, um, they couldn't get in, and but don't worry, a 15-year-old uh, illegal immigrant from Venezuela said he's excited for his first day of high school. He says, this is the best. I've been living in a shelter in Queens for a few months, and I've been waiting for this. I'm happy to see all these people. This is going to be great. Not so great, though, if you're a child, uh, an American child in New York City being displaced by illegals. Well, I, it's funny because what this does is speaks, this is more of an economic issue than, than anything else as far as the allocation of, of resources. And, you know, these guys aren't that good at actually handling that. Uh, but, yes, we, we understand that there's been a lot of folks that have been busted that area, that geographical area, and uh, their politicians have been welcoming them with open arms, not so much in these days. Uh, anymore be and it speaks to the to the fundamental problem with this no matter where you are on the subject of immigration and that's what's so frustrating about the the, the topic when we talk about it and discuss it because folks act like this isn't even a thing right um it, it just it's okay america's big has all this land just bring each and every individual over here these folks are seeking better lives and that's it but they don't ever look at the short term and especially the long-term uh issues even cultural uh issues a cultural conflict that can that can and has stemmed from this this is more of an economic uh problem and unfortunately they're the worst people to be able to deal with it yeah to eric's point you know i, I tweeted this out earlier today Overpopulation is a myth, like this idea that the world has too many people, so we have to stop. They say that because they want people in Western countries to stop having babies, but underpopulation is also a myth, like this idea that we need people to sustain our country. When our country made like the greatest strides in terms of defining itself as a nation, we had about half the people we have now. We don't need this many people. You know, they're clogging up the housing markets, the highway system. When you're, especially in Dallas traffic, do you really think that every person on the road has like as important of a place as you do to be. Like, they shouldn't be here. They should be back in their home countries. I don't know why we let so many people in here. They're not contributing. They don't add anything. And the argument's always like, oh, my gross domestic product. 98% of that increased uh, GDP from immigration just goes to the immigrants themselves in terms of wages. Tighten like 2% was worth it for flooding schools, clogging the housing market, all these other problems they have. I just don't see it. I look at material standard of living, and I think in the 1960s, we had a much better quality of life. It was cleaner. It was safer, you could afford a house, it was a nice place, and now we don't have that, and we're told, oh, but we really need to because a 15-year-old Venezuelan kid wants to go to high school in America. It's like, okay, well, that's not why we built this country. Mm -hmm. We didn't build it for Venezuelans, mm -hmm. we built it for Americans. I'm sorry, but like that just happens to be the case. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be, look, I, I, I know that they try to ding us on the conservative side for not being compassionate, but I also think there's something to be said for like, well, if we can't even like take care of our own citizens. And we've got all of these homeless people who are being displaced again in New York City, one of the places, uh, they're being displaced by these illegal immigrants. I mean, when we're actually not being, we're choosing as a nation to not be compassionate to our own in exchange for being compassionate for uh, like other citizens of other countries, that adds a whole new level of like just 
scorn for fellow American citizens. Well, mine is more so in the in the welfare statism that's also associated in the fact that mm-hmm. I get taxed to the living hell. Right. I'm not even going to tell you guys what my tax, uh, what these guys thought I owed over the last year. You guys know how much uh, the Ripperverse had made. But I also look at like that money could have been reinvested into, you know, giving jobs to uh, people that are in this geographical area that want to do that want to do good things. And unfortunately, I'm giving it away to someone that's going to then piss it away uh, doing things uh, uh, like this of this nature. So in, in really, no matter what way that you look at it, it's a net negative in how they handle it right now. Immigration in this in this country, uh, even with asylums and, and seeking and all that is just inefficient. Um, and their solution to everything seems to be, well, we just need to take more money from the people that are actually producing. And it doesn't make sense. It's economically illiterate. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to run out of money and we're also going to run out of space. But don't worry. This is all going to work out fine. I agree. You know, when I look at the demographics of America with a bunch of people from the third world, and I think the second the, the food runs out, we're all going to figure it out. Diversity is our strength. There's not going to be any looting. There's not going to be any cartels competing for power. It's going to be fine. Everything we're going to we're going to figure it out once we get rid of this branded administration and there's collapse. Everything's going to be fine. And it's going to be like this perfect socialist equal utopia. Speaking of perfect socialist uh, utopias, a new study out of the University of Washington reported that all public transit vehicles in both Seattle and Portland tested positive for methamphetamine. Yeah. Where'd you, Seattle? Seattle and Portland. And 50, 50, 50% of the vehicles tested positive for fentanyl. So things are going really well. But don't worry, the, uh, there, there was a doctor, a medical, the, one of the experts who said, um, based on what was measured, we would not expect to see a health effect from these concentrations. So it's fine. It's fine that every time you ride in public transit, buses, uh, trains, what have you, it's totally fine that you're just, you're, you're basically sitting in meth air. That's crazy. And fentanyl. That is an insane stat, man. I do see these kind of creepy videos of people just... Absolute, they look like zombies, yeah, right? Blitzed, it looks like blitzed out of their mind. It is it's freaky because you know I've I've never seen anything. I'm from I'm from South Dallas. You know I see my share of crackheads. They don't act like that. Uh, it's something else, and it is uh, impacting those geographical areas far more than let's say it is here. But it's not it's not unimpacted uh, here as well. Look, man, I'm a libertarian. I'm all for you know people being able to make the make the bonehead mistake that they want to make. But as I always say, the issue is going to be this is going to create more problems, and then other people that do produce are going to be expected to save these folks and subsidize mm-hmm. um, these people, and that's the solution that the the even these quote unquote libertarians just completely. They, they ignore that the ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. John? I got a call from my dad yesterday about this Breitbart article that he thought was the funniest thing ever. And it was this guy basically saying, hey, you know, Democrats are talking about all these problems we have. Those are actually Democrat problems because they're in their cities. I'm going to be in my property out in the middle of nowhere grilling, having a good time. So ha ha ha. And it's like, I get it. It's sort of like this, you know, caddy back and forth thing. But what defines civilizations is civiliz- our cities. You know, it's not good that in the last 50, 60 years we've been made to be ashamed of our cities. Like when you go study ancient civilizations and cultures, you're not looking at like, oh, they had a nice agrarian life. You're looking at their cities, their infrastructure, their culture. And all of those for America right now are terrible. They're in the gutter. And so, yeah, in the short term, it might be funny to be smug and be like, mm, it's a Democrat problem. It's an America problem. It's still our problem. We're still one country. 
How do you fix it? Yeah, in the members only segment at blazetv.com, <laughs> I will articulate my 15 point plan to cleanse the city of the libtard menace. I actually was just waiting for you to reference your favorite your favorite destination. El Salvador. Yeah. That's, you know, that is very true. They can have nice public <laughs> transit systems in like Japan, because if you go to Japan and you're like graffiti, drug, like they will, you know, and mm -hmm. we don't do that here. We enable, we incentivize poor behavior and we punish good behavior, mm -hmm. it's like totally backwards. Thank you for not forgetting El Salvador. I would never. I'd, I'm sorry. I Literally not ever, not one time. <laughs> um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So uh, here at Blaze TV, we have worked with Relief Factor forever. Why? Because it works. It's worked for so many people here in the building, including myself and Glenn Beck. And what it is, is if you're living in constant pain, if you've got, you know, maybe you've got a back problem, maybe you've got arthritis, maybe you've got tennis elbow, you got knee pain, Try Relief Factor. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory, which I know a lot of you men are rolling your eyes like, all-natural, I'm sure it doesn't work. Well, actually it does. In fact, 70% of the people who order this three-week quick start pack that they offer go on to keep ordering it because it works. And so if you are living in pain, might I suggest you go over to relieffactor.com. It's $19.95 for this three-week quick start but it could drastically change your life. It is relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A group of climate activists protested at the U.S. Open yesterday, and they uh, ended up disrupting the semifinal match for nearly an hour. They were, of course later arrested and removed from the event. Oh, that's so sad. One of them glued his feet to the floor. Uh, police had to wait for paramedics to arrive before he could be removed, which honestly, I hope that they just tried his, to just rip it. Cut his legs off. Yeah, cut his leg. I mean, whatever does the trick, slice the bottom of the foot maybe, and then he'll just have to just grow some new skin. I'm not sure, but I think that we have a, a clip of them start shouting and, uh, you know, do what they do, which is generally be complete psychopaths, watch. People are booing at them is what you hear. Why do they always look like this? I sometimes like to do this little game where all of these people, you go through, you scan them, you look at like, I wonder what all they have on their bodies that were produced using fossil fuels, using, you know, oil, using petroleum, using all of these, you know, all of these things, iPhones, glasses, uh, shirts, clothing, all of these things that perhaps, you know, they're using and 
they don't even think about it because they're so ignorant. Yeah, these are weird, man. Um, I'm seeing more videos of them. You know, they usually just like block the roads and stuff and then start screaming and then some guy goes and drags them out of the way and, and move about. I don't understand what the point is. I mean, even if you do get eyes on you, right, man, people now, they know you exist, right? We know that you goofy looking idiots are a thing. Now we just think you're stupid. And most people do. Even maybe people that were empathetic to your cause, let's say that. You right. go and disrupt. I don't understand the point. That, that's what, what I, don't, I don't get. So, I, yeah, I get it. It may be a protest, but is there any, there's no, like, positive impact, uh, let's say, coming out of this. So I, I don't get it. I really don't understand it. They make me want to destroy the planet harder. <laughs> <laughs> like use more fossil fuel. Well, hold on, because that saying that would mean you're buying into their theory that you are actually destroying the planet. I want them to know that there's potential that I'm cognizant of that and just don't care, <laughs> and it's because of them. <laughs> I want them to feel that sense of, and that's the other thing too. These people like hate their lives. Mm. Like it's not like they're, oh, I have so much. I mean, I have buildings and I have businesses and a big family, and I can't let this die. Say like they're these totally isolated, like, you know, inner city freaks that for some reason really care about, like, life and the planet. It's just virtue signaling. It's not real. It's because they don't want their, like, stint on Pleasure Island to be prematurely ended. They just want to live for as long as possible so they can use drugs and do weird stuff, and they don't want that to end, and then they want attention from doing things like that as well. I love that, um, the, I guess, the guy who glued his foot to the ground. I would really like to know, look at this dumbass. I would really like to know um, what kind of glue he used because most like super glues and synthetic glues use um, petroleum. So good point. Interesting. That's a good point. I never even thought about that. But I mean, it, okay. So it, it is a little bit scary to me that the left has their messaging has been so dire and so, you know, we've got this younger generation that's oh, yeah. growing they, up that they, they, they literally they, think, yeah. they think they're the going to die. Blow up. Yeah. They literally think that. And so, I mean, we've talked about it on the show. There are studies that show that they're they're more anxious. They're more because they actually yeah, they got psychological the issues. They got all sorts of freaking problems. Right. From the gender stuff like, yeah, and this stuff that's been pumped into them through this largely the public educational uh, system, but to John's point, these guys are miserable people. Yeah. Um, uh, make no no mistake, they don't have anything really uh, going for them. And much like other protests, even in the vein of like race, it's an easy thing to do. You know, I always say that you know, active, activism is the occupation for losers um, because it actually is. Uh, these guys don't have anything going for them, and this is a way to make them make a little noise. And it doesn't require much of them to stick some glue, I guess, to their, their toes and. and go to the U.S. U.S. Open and make a scene like you're not you're not doing anything right. special there. It will require, will require far more work to uh, convince people like naturally, but they're incapable of doing that. But they're at least smart enough to understand that they can't. So this is the easy thing. When you see these young activists get out there fist in the air, it doesn't matter for whatever general issue. Uh, they, it, it's just an easy thing. These guys are addicted to attention, addicted to virtue signaling, but also this is the, I mean, the easiest thing for them to do. Yeah. Um, so I want to switch gears here and uh, give an update on a previous story that we covered here on the show, which was a report at the end of August. The pr a principal of an Oklahoma elementary school who moonlights as a drag queen and also was previously arrested on a child porn charge 
and um, that this person, principal. this person was the principal of an elementary school. Yes, doesn't that, isn't that who you want? being the head of your child's school. Well, uh, Oklahoma State Superintendent of Public Instruction, this is the top education official in Oklahoma, Ryan Walters, uh, has come out and said that this man, Shane Mernon, yes, I said this man, Shane Mernon, uh, should be fired, should be terminated immediately. Now, we talked about this story and I, were you here, Eric? I feel like I, I was. I think you were. I, I was. And I just said, because I think we made the point that, like, under no circumstances should you drop your child off at school the morning after you find out that Agreed. the principal yeah, is yeah. a drag queen who yeah. was arrested on child porn charges. I don't care if they want to make the argument like, oh, it was just a bit, but it doesn't actually qualify as child porn. And so the, some judges disagreed. And so finally, the I don't care. I hear that that is even there is a tiny, minute chance that that is true. There is absolutely no way I am dropping my child off at that school. That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't. And because people treat schools, systems, um, they're kind of these uh, daycare centers is effectively what it is that they are. Um, people will push back on that. I think we've both got a lot of pushback. We'll be critical of any, any sort of educational uh, system for young people. Uh, they, they don't like what we what we say that. But yeah, I mean, look, I hate to be that guy, but it's the honest to God's truth. Once you have been presented with the information that the people that you're dropping your kids off to are evil. What you do in response to that is very important. Mm -hmm. And having been introduced to this information, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> For you to continue to drop your child off there, and this is the question that you heard me ask there a million times, at what point does it become child abuse? Right. I think it's a good question. I don't really know the answer, but at what point when you knowingly drop your child off with evil people, can that can be considered child abuse? Complicit. At minimum. Yeah, John. They're enabling. I remember when we covered this story, you actually called me in last minute to speak about it as a parenting expert, and I said, <laughs> Okay, fine. So you I were can't here too. It. Um, but it's it's interesting because you know being a parent, the day to day stuff, you know, feeding your kids, clothing your kids, it's like good. But when you have these huge things, like okay, this is a big call you have to make, <laughs> and you fumble that, like that is going to define your job as a parent much more than you know feeding your kids, clothing your kids. It's like okay, you did that, that's awesome, but you also willingly handed them over to somebody who has this background because what it was like simpler for you, and mm -hmm. you know you get to shame that person because you are inconvenienced by that hypothetically, and you yeah. you would go out of the way, and if they wouldn't, because it's like oh well that would take hours out of my week, and I want to you know go and get brunch with my friends or do whatever. It's like, yeah, and I do hear a lot, um, which I understand to a certain extent that like, well, I mean, I, ha I have to work. I can't. What am I supposed to do? I have to work. Where else am I going to where else am I going to take my kids? And it's OK, maybe. But also like or you could just decide that perhaps a different standard of lifestyle would be okay in exchange for the government not taking your kids from you. That's the thing. It's, you know, and, and we say this as conservatives, like get your kids out of the schools. It's one thing if they're going to take a history class and be told that like George Washington owned slaves. Right. 
Right. But for, th- I mean, this right. is like the worst possible scenario. Right. So it's, it's like not even. Well, right. I'm ta- I'm you c- correct. Like uh, you can deal with some like, look, I know yeah. my kid's going to come home with some crap homework that I'm going to have to tell them like, yeah, that's not actually how that happened. You know, yeah, actually fossil fuels aren't bad or whatever it is that they're like secretly trying to 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 change the messaging within them. But it's a whole nother thing to be like, well, drag queens and trans people run the school. Have a great day, honey. Look, man, if not for your kids, then for who? Right. Um, One thing that social media and I know this know, and one thing on social media has really taught me is how much people hate their kids. They're inconvenienced by they feel like they're inconvenienced by them. And even they they mask it in these like weird jokes and stuff like it's all funny. Like, I don't know if you heard me tell the story of what I see. I remember seeing this like just a bunch of reels and, you know, people going back to school. The kids are going back to school. And, you know, you got the mom is like on a floaty yes. or something. And it's yep. like, hey, you yep. know, I'm chilling. Yep. I'm chilling. And thank God, you know, waving at my kids as they look miserable with their backpacks about to get on the bus. I'm like, OK, that's not really funny. Mm-hmm. That's not, to me, I don't know, maybe it's just my, my sense of humor, but to me that stuff is not really funny. These people despise their kids and I, I, I will not accept that everybody loves their kids and they do everything for them because when faced with a situation like that and they still make their fumble the bag and they still make the wrong decision, yeah. I, and you know, okay, so while, while we're on that subject, I want to bring up one other point that comes to mind because you're absolutely right. It is a growing trend in society these days to like have kids and then not want to follow up on any of the parenting responsibilities. Case in point, not only what you're saying, but also the, the, the iPads at the dinner tables and at restaurants and in the car and everywhere you go. And it's just like, why are you handing your parenting over to a screen? What did you think was yeah. going to happen when you had the kid? What did you think was going to happen when they started growing up? You just were like, you didn't think that one through? You have no interest in parenting this child? Yeah, and that's why we have to be very careful. You know, it's it's common for a lot of, like, trad people to be like, get married, have kids when you're young. And it's like, yes, right. but right. sometimes not everyone is supposed to be a parent. You know, yeah. being a parent being a good parent yes. is like a huge responsibility. And uh, a lot of these people who end up stumbling into marriage, having kids or whatever, and they're like miserable yeah. and they're, they're not cut out for it. I'm very grateful that my mom was not like a you know bitter sort of, like the hardest I think she ever laughed was when we were reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid and Greg Heffley got a, uh, something from his like church Christmas drive or whatever. And he's like, I got the gift and it was like just a something canned yams. And she was like crying laughing at the prospect of a can of yams. I didn't even know what a can of yams was. I'm like seven. But it's like the idea that your mother or your father, for that matter, would throw you under the bus for social media clout. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that, but we would have a conversation on my 18th birthday. And I would not appreciate that. <laughs> um, all right. We got to uh, we got to take a quick break. But I uh, want to thank our sponsor, Fume. So cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there is a better way to break your bad habits. It's called Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that is completely natural. It uses flavored air instead of vapor, and it has all-natural flavors instead of harmful chemicals. It is the habit that you're free to enjoy, and it'll help make the process of replacing your bad habit a lot easier. Now, your fume's going to come with an adjustable airflow dial and movable parts so you can de-stress while using it. Stopping is something you sometimes put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy and enjoyable. They've served over 100,000 customers, and they have thousands of success stories. There's no reason that if you have that bad habit, that can't be you. You can go to tryfume.com and use code NEWS to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That is tryfum.com slash news. I'm sorry, tryfume.com and use code NEWS to save an additional 10% off. (laughs) 
We're gonna do a quick Dear Sarah here, so everyone now knows that Dear Abby's dead, and so if you need advice, I'm the person you need to go to. You can email us, dearsarahattheblaze.com. So here is the latest. Dear Sarah, everyone knows that if you want to find a good man, you have to be on X. That's where all the men who believe women are past their prime at 25 and consider Margot Robbie as mid-hangout. My X account got permanently banned, and now I'm missing out on all the opportunities to attract these men. What can I do to rebuild my new account when I return, thus attracting more of these confident and assertive alpha male chads? Sincerely, of course, my producer added, uh, searching for alpha males chads, alpha male chads. Um, I would say, hello, Annette. We miss you on Twitter. Um, I don't know. Okay, I need for her to let me know why she got banned. I'm not sure why she got permanently suspended. But I will say, Annette, um, I do think that you, the not being on Twitter is the best place for you to find men. Like literally anywhere else. Literally anywhere else. Oh, and by the way, if they call themselves an alpha, they're not. Is that? I'm, I'm sitting with two males. I should, get your, I should get your expertise. Do you find that if someone on Twitter has to tell everyone that they are an alpha male, that they are in fact an alpha male? Well, in some cases, it is, like Nick Adams, for example, I, I enjoy the Nick Adams school of thought on this, where he is obviously an alpha male, and it serves to almost humiliate the beta males for him to so incessantly remind everybody of his alpha status. So in some cases, I do appreciate it. So if it's it, a bit. It's not a bit, it's just true. Well, but I mean, if it's a recur, like this is obviously a recurring character of his of his Twitter, right? A recurring like character. He has excellent Twitter. character. Thank you for observing oh that. But gosh, it's not like a so character. Annoying. If you're implying that, uh, anyways, in most cases, oh, yeah. it is true that. Uh, I don't like your answer. Fine, you don't get the rest of it. Then. <laughs> Go ahead, finish, John Doyle. In most cases, yeah, no, it's totally beta. But yeah, if you're generally, and I, you know, I say this with the best interest at heart for women. Get offline. Any guy you meet on Twitter is going to be autistic. It's just, it's not a good idea. It's not good. Eric? Yeah. That's, they are probably going to be autistic if you do meet them on Twitter and gay. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, probably not the best place to meet guys. Yeah, I would Unless say. you want autistic gay guys. Some people are into that. What about, <laughs> are, they, are, they, are they straight women? Uh... I don't know. So understand, too, what you're getting into. <laughs> Why is it so sad that you're like, I don't even, what is straight anymore? What is women anymore? Okay. I don't know how to answer this Margot question. Margot Robbie is mid. So if you're going to jump into oh that arena God. knowing that that's a five, you better bring something to the table that's higher than that. I mean, I dated Margot for a while. Mm -hmm. Very sweet. Very <laughs> sweet. But she's mid. And you just have to keep that in mind if you're going to jump into that arena and think that you can, you know, run with the bigger dogs. Would you like to tell the audience whether you're being sarcastic or serious? Out of respect for Margot, uh, <laughs> I probably won't get into the personal details. You don't kiss and tell. No, I definitely tell, but not in detail, um, especially with, you know. So you have kissed a woman before? No, 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 that was part of the problem. Is like, you know, Emma Watson was more understanding of that when she and I dated, but Margot, she was. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> really? Do you miss it? Vice President Kamala Harris recently told CBS News that she is quite confident that the Biden-Harris campaign will win because the merit of all the work, the great work, the amazing work they've done for this country, watch. They feel the need to attack because they're scared that we will win. 
based on the merit of the work that Joe Biden and I and our administration has done. That won't be the reason. <laughs> Might win. Uh, it, it may be some tricks mm -hmm. pulled, but that ain't going to be the reason. It ain't going to have nothing to do with it. You don't like how things are going? Mm, no. Really? No, not even close. You think Americans are discontent with yeah. the way that the country is being run? Yeah, well, the ones with sense. Let's say that. Really? Yeah. Huh, fascinating. John, what say you? I tend to agree. A trained eye will understand that I express this through my thumbnail shot. Uh, and, and there are some exceptions, like today I'm in a good mood, but typically I'm giving a thumbs down, mm -hmm. which is meant to indicate that I'm not happy, actually, with mm -hmm. the trajectory of the country. Mm -hmm. And my opinion matters more than most people, and so I get to say that because, yeah. I love that when um, Kamala talks, I, you know, some might say she in, gives, gives this weird speech pattern where she pauses after every two words to, like, try to make everything sound dramatic and insightful. I actually have a different theory. I think that she pauses after every two words because she literally knows. N oh, she doesn't know where she's going next. Mind. No, she just she doesn't know where she's going next, and she's like, exactly. because they believe in the merit of Expert the free work ball. that we're doing. Vote Biden Harris. Um, all right, thank you guys for being here, Eric July. Ripaverse.com. Oh, yeah, that's where we're at. John Doyle, Heck Off Commie. Find him on YouTube. We'll see you Monday. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.